fun young nostalgia, we're searching for devices. Forget device. Forget it. Forget it. Let's take a look. And welcome back to another fabulous Young Nostalgia. Sorry, that was a little bit of a craze. If you if you understood anything from the B-roll of the show, <laughs> it, you're in for a wild ride. I'm Nolan. As always, <laughs> one of the most steaming, stunning, most smooth-talking, interesting individuals you'll ever meet in your entire life. Ben is beside me. Ben, how are you doing today, big guy? You better live <laughs> you up are, to this, man. You, you are, got one shot. I know. You are quite the hype man. I feel like I can't deliver. Right. <laughs> I don't know, man. You you exceed my expectations every day. Uh, well, that if if I if that, I get a text from Ben and I know he's alive, my expectations have been exceeded. There you go. Well, that I mean, that's all I need to hear then. So, I, <laughs> as long as I'm meeting is uh, constantly exceeding your expectations, Nolan, that's all right. I need. <laughs> that's all you need in life. <laughs> Uh, All right. I don't know where to go from here. I had a joke lined up about like us singing our intro song instead of playing it electronically. But I don't think that joke is going to hit as good as I thought it was after all that. So episode 115 for you. Okay, We're going to be talking thanks. about... Uh, I had a joke, wait, wait, but did, 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 uh, it wasn't going to be very funny. So we'll just skip it. <laughs> I just wanted to be honest. Well, I appreciate your honesty. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> this is ridiculous, man. <laughs> We're so bad at laughing at things that listeners don't know about. I, um, yeah, episode... I know. Listeners are just like, come on, get to the content. <laughs> I know. Let's go. Skip 15 seconds. Skip 15 <laughs> seconds. Yeah. Well, like, these idiots are two and a half minutes in and they have not talked about <laughs> anything substantive. In the slightest. I know. I know. I'm sorry. No, you truly are an amazing friend and human being. I appreciate you being here, man. <laughs> um, episode episode 115, we're going to be talking about Bluetooth, its history, kind of what got its start into the uh, consumer world and uh, what it's kind of morphed into today and how we literally can't live without it. So Literally. Yeah, literally. But anyway... All jokes aside, Ben, I appreciate you. Are you doing okay today? I am doing I'm doing very good today. How are you doing today? Very good. <laughs> very good. Look, again, my expectations haven't exceeded. Uh no, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thank you. <laughs> I exceeded your expectations just by adding an adjective to uh Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Well, how it's are good my to know expectations that the... on How are your expectations on your end? Uh satisfactory met. Yeah. <laughs> okay i thought you were gonna say satisfactory at best no and i'm like oh i need to improve <laughs> that would have been funnier but right no. <laughs> ben's q ben's qa right now of, of of my of my podcast hosting is going off <laughs> uh, uh boy you know what it's good to be back what is this three weeks in a row now i think Feels it pretty is good yeah and i should say that uh the upload of last week's show was a little bit touch and go for a little bit. I was doing it from my phone. I forgot to do it during the day. And uh, I was doing it <laughs> from my phone. Yeah, typical. 
I end up doing it from my phone while laying in bed Monday night most of the time. <laughs> and uh, I was Google Drive was not being very cooperative on my phone. And so I had started it. It froze up. I killed it. Started it. I fro- it froze up. I killed it a bunch of times. And so it was very obvious that something was looping somewhere in Google and it was not playing very nice with my phone. And it, like it lagged the whole thing down. Just swiping on the home screen was lagging all because of Google, uh, dro- uh, not Dropbox, Google Drive. So I go, oh, no problem. I'll go to restart my phone. Locks it up. Phone was what? a brick. Um, <laughs> and nothing wouldn't do anything. I, could, I couldn't turn the screen off. The only thing that would work were the volume buttons. I could turn the volume up and I could turn the volume down. That is it. No way. Uh, yeah, so I ended up having to get out of bed, go look, because I couldn't use my phone to look anything up. I There's a button combination you can do to force a restart rather than just do like a swipe to power down or whatever it is. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> so finally got that figured out, and I ended up just doing it from my computer while I was there. And it was That's nuts. It was rough, yeah. It was a rough So if one. you can, please go, even if you've downloaded and listened to it, re-download that one. And help our numbers for Ben. He went through a lot. Yeah, it was it was a it was a rough time. So I would really appreciate the, uh, you know, the extra support on that episode. <laughs> right, and and you know, if you can go out of your way, download it on your phone, your computer, and your desktop. Your friends' computers, so your then, friends' desktops. Yeah, your friends, your parents, your grandparents' um, stone tablet. Just write that in there. <laughs> go and go to we'll the library on those ancient yes. uh, Windows ninety eight gateway PCs that your public library yes. has, and uh, yes. go download it on all those too. Absolutely. If you can go to Walmart, go to the tech center in the back. Oh, you go okay. to every Chromebook you can possibly this, see. All right, pull it up and download it. All joking aside, that's genius. We set up auto auto downloads on all those computers on in those? Best Buy and Walmart. God, so sleazy. All right, I and think we're on we to can something also, here. Then we can also do it when uh, we go and upgrade phones at Verizon. Every phone immediately. Yep. Auto auto download, auto subscribe. Right. Okay. Right. So I think we just cracked the code. <laughs> they're they're going to be like, uh, sir, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, I, I'm, not, I'm not actually here to buy anything. <laughs> we're just trying to boost the numbers. Right. Come on. You feel me, man. Come on. We're, we're here together. You're a salesman. I'm a salesman. We're in the same business. I, uh, the level of our genius is just astounding. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Don't be alarmed if Young Nostalgia becomes one of the top 10 of the month for December and it's soon. Miraculously overnight. Overnight. <laughs> Immediately. Whenever, All whenever, right, whenever, whenever uh, Best Buy opens, was it like 8 o'clock in the morning? Right. Boom. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Let's get into it. Episode 115, all about Bluetooth. <clears throat> We've been dancing around the topic. Let's do it. Do it. All right. Overview. You'll, uh, you can take kind of like the, uh, the, the very early history, man. Uh, cause you, you put that together and you're fantastic. At Sounds that. good. You doing the overview? Uh, yeah, I'll do the quick <laughs> overview. It's <laughs> still stalling. <laughs> I know. <laughs> overview. overview. All right. So taking a look at Bluetooth, what it is, is like a wireless technology standard used, uh, for exchanging data between fixed 
in mobile devices over short distances using UHF radio waves in the industrial, scientific, and medical radio bands, which gets kind of like jargony and in the weeds, but from 2.402 gigahertz to 2.480 gigahertz within that bandwidth of, uh, of radio wavelengths. In building, excuse me, that was kind of weird. And building personal area networks or PANs, it was originally conceived as a wireless alternative to RS-232 data cables, which Ben yourself has, has talked about having that sort of kind of experience with with that, uh, the data cables. But uh, thank God for Bluetooth. <laughs> yeah, uh, as someone who does have some experience with the old RS-232 uh protocols it, bluetooth is a godsend uh, <laughs> um back in the day rs232 was used for a ton of different things way before uh there was any sort of universal protocols like usb uh rs2 you might use rs232 right. for uh printers uh you could use it for uh networking uh computers or equipment together um Nowadays, it's really only used in the industrial setting. It's actually companies still use it uh, for uh, <clears throat> connecting to various automation control devices. Um, but that's really the only place we see it anymore, which is a great thing because it's to an extent it's a absolute pain to do. You have to, yet after <laughs> you, you, it, you know, nowadays everyone's it's everything's plug and play. You know, um, especially right. on the consumer market you get into these other type of serial protocols, you plug it in and then you have to go in and configure the device sometime on both ends to be able to talk to each other. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of rough. Uh, so thank Bluetooth for not having to deal with any of that stuff. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, I got to pair my headphones here. Let me get out this. RS-232 cable. Yeah, this gigantic uh, DB9 <laughs> to serial converter, and we'll uh, we'll get underway. Yeah. You might, yeah we'll, we'll get you up and running. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, so, what's up, big guy? Uh, moving on a little bit, we have actually talked about this way back in the past on a previous Then and Now episode. Um we talked about it really in depth. You can go out and check that out. I have no idea which one it was, but just listen to all the then and nows in general, and you'll hear it at some point. Right. <laughs> On all of your devices. Yes. Um, so all of this kind of began in 1937 when Hedy Lamarr, an Aust- Austrian-born actress, left her marriage to an arms dealer that also had ties to uh, both the Nazis and the fascist Italian dictator Benito Mussolini. Um, and fled to Hollywood in hopes of becoming a star. Um, obviously, besides being a big Hollywood name, uh, Lamar also used her free time uh, pursuing inventing. Uh, so aside from various products that never really took off, you know, or they weren't really successful commercially, um, her collaboration with composer George Antheil on torpedo guidance systems ended up changing how the world uses radio communication. Um, The U.S. Navy actually uh, was kind of skeptical of some of their developments, so they actually declined to implement the new guidance system, but would later use their research and technology in 
radar. They're, they're, for what they were developing for the torpedoes was kind of a direct correlation to the overall uh, usage of radar, which totally changed the game on uh, friendly and enemy positioning throughout the war. And it kind of changed everything about warfare. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, this wasn't... You know, I say it started with Hedy Lamar, Bluetooth, and other wireless technologies, um, and it did, but it's not like they were really designing anything close to what we see wireless technology is today. What they right. did is they this technology. It's a it's a basically it's a a high frequency frequency hopping spread spectrum radio technology is what they developed, which would later turn into the the core basis of everything wireless today, both most, uh, namely Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. Right. Which is, yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy. I mean, you know, it's who would have thought that what they were working on would later be used in nearly every single piece of consumer electronics that's on the market mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Right. And almost just like, like we said, we wouldn't want, <clears throat> we wouldn't know, life without it like literally wouldn't be able to do this podcast without wi-fi wouldn't happen yeah we're both of us we're using we're using wi-fi on multiple devices while also using bluetooth at the same time right for both of us right and it's like and it's like no big deal it's just it, it is what it is yeah i didn't sit down and and wonder at the marvel of wi-fi and bluetooth <laughs> when i sat down to start right. Uh, talking to pray, you. <laughs> pray to the Wi-Fi gods. And right. Yeah, it's just it's <laughs> Please just be kind to us. Yeah. Right. Thank you, fiber internet. <laughs> well, that's one thing I don't have. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Hedy Lamar. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. So kind of what we're here to talk about is the beginning of Bluetooth, but also like how it came to be so commonplace. And... This is where we move into like how it began in like the consumer market. So the development of what they call the short link radio technology, which we know as Bluetooth, was actually initiated back in 1989, which is kind of around the same time as the internet itself, by Nils Rydbeck, who is the CTO of uh, at Ericsson Mobile in Lund, Sweden. The purpose was to actually develop wireless headsets. Um, and then years later in 1997, Adalio Sanchez, then head of IBM ThinkPad product, approached Rideback about collaborating on integrating a mobile phone into the ThinkPad notebook laptop. Um, and so this is kind of where it all kind of started coming to fruition of what Bluetooth can actually do. So the conclusion was that power consumption on the cell phone technology at that time was too high to allow viable integration into a notebook and still achieve adequate adequate battery life at the same time. So almost like the battery couldn't sustain powering the cell phone as well as just the daily computing that it needed. Mm-hmm. So instead, the two companies agreed to actually integrate Ericsson's short link technology on both the ThinkPad notebook and the Ericsson phone to accomplish the goal. So instead, it's the radio technology that's powering everything instead of just one battery. Right. So... Rather than integrate them That's all into like, one product, you leave both product alone right. and just link them together with a relatively low power consuming protocol and you have the best right. of both worlds at that point. Right. And don't get us wrong, like these things are definitely not like your iPhones. Like this <laughs> this is like 
a brick you're holding with a separate battery pack and yes. an antenna. Like the, this is stuff that the main thing is that it's communicating to and from two technology devices that was kind of almost unheard of at the time. Right. It's kind of crazy. And this la- and and just like you said about the phone, uh, the laptop itself, you know, think about this time period where, I mean, this was a brick. I mean, this this laptop was larger than what we see nowadays in the like tough book product lines, which are big, giant, yeah. bulky laptops. This right. was not tough at all and was still more massive and heavy than the tough book. Yeah. These things, these things, I'm pretty sure if you look at them, they were like a suitcase within themselves mm-hmm. that latched in the thing that weighed at least what 50, 60 pounds. I, I don't think these things were light by any means, No, but just imagine the business look, man. Like if you look at old, like, um, advertisements for computers like this, they advertise that you would just break this out in the airport do yeah. business. Yeah. I don't have a ton of experience with, uh, with older laptops. Um, really just, you know, one or two here and there. Um, but it's kind of funny that they're talking about, uh, they decided it was, it was not viable because, uh, they wouldn't get the kind of battery life that they need. But from what I know of these old laptops, I mean, battery life was rough anyway. I mean, you're not looking at modern laptops, depending on what you're doing on them. If you're just doing some light browsing there, I know plenty of people that go days without charging laptops right these i think you're doing good of just having it open like word processing um (laughs) you're only looking at a couple hours of runtime (laughs) 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 which is ridiculous i know um amazing yeah i know it's it's funny um that's good are you going to continue on this section or are we going to switch off Sure, we can switch off. Yeah, go ahead. I don't care. So, since neither IBM ThinkPad notebooks nor Ericsson phones were really the market share leaders in their respective markets at the time, uh, Sanchez and Rybeck agreed to make the shortlink technology an open industry standard in order to permit each player maximum market access. Um, Ericsson would... Uh, end up contributing the short link radio technology. So more of the hardware um, and broadcasting side of things. And IBM was to contribute uh, patents around the logical layer, which would be the the chip side, the processing side, and the uh, actual protocols that's being transmitted. Um, right. And so that was a this way to kind of thing. split up the responsibility. Right. And this whole thing from the beginning is is almost like Bluetooth as a technology could have ended up so differently. Imagine if IBM and Ericsson didn't team up and they were like like let's say it was who would be big back in the day? Like Sony or Samsung? Mm-hmm. Like what if they were like the main person for Bluetooth? Can you imagine the accessibility of Bluetooth up to this point, how different it could have been? But because they were such small players in the tech world, they were like, well, the only way for both of us to take advantage of this tech is open it up for other people to collaborate with us rather than just us doing it in-house. You I, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like the accessibility of Bluetooth happened because of that. Oh, definitely. Where if, it's like it, it wasn't patented to one place. If a, if a market leader would have started this trend to begin with, 
they would have locked it down so hard that it would be without paying out the nose, it would be impossible for any other company to use this software. So I don't right. think we would see a standardized uh, short range, you know, broadcasting protocol at all that was dominant. I think that we'd see every brand having their own yep, devices. Yep, and then yep. I think on the, for the, uh, I don't know what to call them, I guess the accessory market, the, uh, headphones, the Bluetooth speakers that we see nowadays, I think every one of them would have to use marketing points of what they're compatible with. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Hey, this like is everything would be very sectioned off. Yeah. You know, people would that would be a major marketing point. Hey, we're compatible with Apple, Samsung, and Windows, you know, and hey, we're hitting yeah. these three, so buy us instead of the other the competitor, you know, which we absolutely right. do not see at all now. I mean the only time right. we really see that is is on things that are specifically provided from a specific company like Apple AirPods or yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And nothing else really comes to mind right now. But it, it's things that are designed to pair with, they're specifically designed to pair with that company um, rather mm -hmm. than being a universal product. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. I was reading that earlier and I was like, that's nuts. That that really changes and, and puts a different light on Bluetooth. Like almost how Bluetooth has become just a uh, common wide, like almost almost like the internet right mm -hmm. where it's free to everybody to an extent obviously like yeah. the device you're using has to have it but like bluetooth isn't sectioned off due to oh you only have this this brand right and i think there are there are certain patents around it um and i think there is a copyright on the name but i, okay. I i'm a little bit fuzzy on that uh because um, it's not, it's also not owned by any particular company. I right. think we'll get to it a little bit later on. There's actually a committee that kind of handles all the Bluetooth stuff yeah, between all like the a, different companies. It's like a special interest group or something like that right. where people kind of have different hands in there and stuff like that. Right. And I think, I think the reason for any patents and copywriting is that someone doesn't develop a similar technology and then locks it down for themselves you know what i mean okay because if you just put okay. it out there with absolutely nothing on it someone would basically steal it lock it down right and, and then make money off of that and then force everybody else out uh, yeah and so i think that that's the reason why there are patents on it specifically around the logic area um owned by ibm okay but it's not really being used for what we would normally think of a patent being used for right 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 um cool next point to go with kind of all of that is we've talked about it here uh pretty much that's what we talked about ibm would then recruit um steven noxim i'm a, i think that's how that would be pronounced of intel to join um this partnership um and then intel would kind of start dragging in everybody else like toshiba and nokia um kind of start having a big name like Intel starts bringing everybody else into the party too. Right. Right. Yeah. Big time, which is kind of crazy. Um, 
And then, you know, all of that to say within maybe a year, maybe two. So in May of 1998, the Bluetooth Special Interest Group was launched with IBM and Ericsson as the founding, you know, companies and a total of five members that consisted Ericsson, Intel, Nokia, Toshiba, and IBM. And so they were kind of like the spearheads of this is Bluetooth and this is how it works. Come and get it. And so then that way other companies can kind of tap into it and then use it. And stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, which is is so. It seems so odd to me that all of these companies. I mean, there's a lot of competition between these companies too, right? Um, right. You know, especially. I mean, you could think of the initial grouping: Ericsson and IBM. Uh, not a ton of competition. There is some overlapping stuff, but not a ton. But you think Nokia, right. uh, Nokia getting involved. Um, that's direct competition with Ericsson, uh, Intel, yeah. Toshiba, IBM. Always, all I mean, that's already very competitive right there. Um, right. It's just definitely something we don't see all the time, you know, with this type of cooperation. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, cool thing. Uh, did you want to take the next one? No, go for it. All right. So here in the next one, the first consumer Bluetooth device uh, to kind of go out to the masses was launched in 1999. It was a hands-free mobile uh, headset that earned the Best of Show Technology Award at Comdex in 1999. IBM introduced the IBM ThinkPad A30 in October 2001, which was actually the first ever notebook to have integrated Bluetooth technology in there, probably going back to the roots of connecting it with your phone device, mm-hmm. probably for a lot of like business stuff. Cause like the ThinkPad brand is very, uh, branded business, like nothing fancy about it. It's, it's here to do a workhorse of what you need to do for your business. And that's about it. Mm-hmm. So Bluetooth is pretty important for that. Yeah. Um, very commercial mindset commercial yeah 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 but thank you that's a that's a perfect word perfect <laughs> the best word it is the best exceeded my expectations there we once go. again there we go mr ben i appreciate you <laughs> um so kind of following on the coattails of this best of show technology award um later on the bluetooth innovation world cup um, was established. Basically, a marketing initiative of the Bluetooth Special Interest Group uh, was an international competition that encouraged the development of innovations for applications leveraging Bluetooth technology, Bluetooth technology in sports, fitness, and healthcare products. Um, which is another kind of crazy thing that I just wouldn't expect there. Wouldn't expect to be a thing, um, right? Like the World Cup or whatever. Normally, you don't need any, you know, that sort of incentive to, uh, to make any sort of advancements like this. You know, it's all driven on, uh, marketing and business and and competition. You know, you always want to be the first to right. the market with something. Uh, you gain the market share, um, and you make money by. You make money and get your name out there by providing a great new product. And it's just weird that there right. was anything like this Innovation World Cup. Um, 
and basically the whole uh, idea behind this was uh, it was a competition aimed to stimulate new markets. Um, so the Bluetooth Innovation World Cup morphed into the Bluetooth Breakthrough Awards in 2013. Bluetooth SIG uh, subsequently launched the Imagine Blue Award in 2016 at Bluetooth World, which would be a, a, a international convention that's actually centered around Bluetooth technology. Um, this is just bizarre to me. It's so bizarre. It, because it's like, it's still so new. Like 2016, it was not a long time ago. Mm-mm. And all of this is happening, and I had no idea whatsoever. And it's like... These people are meeting in one spot across the entire world to discuss this one technology. Mm-hmm. Like what? And it's crazy that there's this sort of uh, push to drive innovation when mm-hmm. at, at this time in 2013 or 2016. Well, okay, well, I could I could even say 2013 too. At this point in time, Bluetooth is out there a lot. Uh, 2013. Right. My truck is a 2011. It's got Bluetooth uh, hands-free. I can talk on the phone and stream music through it. Um, mm-hmm. By 2016, uh, me and you were, had already graduated high school, and I'm sure you had. We both had at least some. Whether we owned any equipment ourselves, we had at least been exposed to Bluetooth wireless headsets of varying sorts. Um, right, right, right. Actually, I'm positive of it that we have. Um, you know, it's just crazy that there's it, it still needs this kind of push, you know, when it's already dominating the wireless market. Right. Which is that, like, I that's a great way of saying it. That is so <laughs> bizarre. It is, uh, it is. So, the Breakthrough Awards Bluetooth, Breakthrough Awards Bluetooth program highlights the most innovative products and applications available today, prototypes coming soon, and student-led projects that are still in the making. Right. It's it's pretty much just like a like a like a technology convention, but it's exactly what it is. Specifically for specifically for Bluetooth and it's it's crazy. It's like that's the kind of thing that you go to this one-off club in college, and then all of a sudden you go to the the Breakthrough Awards Bluetooth program, and then you're in the uh, the Purple Stars of the uh, the the next <laughs> journal in that next month, and then your parents I, keep that magazine forever once you're done. I think I think you know there might be some joking in all of what you said but i think that's exactly what this was i i would not I, I, no I, I'm, I think so i think they're <laughs> just saying right here student-led projects in the making uh with just like any convention there's pretty much uh groups any type of technology convention you can dream of there's the corresponding student organizations on campuses to go along with those conventions, which leads me to mm-hmm. believe that there's probably plenty of schools, techn- specifically technology schools, that had Bluetooth clubs. Right. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. And they go every year and then they show whatever they did. Yep. 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 That. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. And, you know, when you think about it, it does make uh, all of this makes a lot of sense because it is such a groundbreaking technology, but it's for sure. I've never heard of any of this happening before today. 
Right. And it just seems so odd. <laughs> I I want to meet I want to meet the president. I want to meet the president of of the Bluetooth organized corporate America person. I I want to know the president of whoever organizes all this stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. We don't really have any information on that. I'm sure it's easily accessible. Um, right. I'm, oh, there's well, got to be some sort of committee weird. that governs all of this. Yeah, I know. I know. And they got subcommittees, and then they got donors, and mm-hmm. then they got. What do you do for a living? Oh, I am the uh, department chair for Bluetooth Innovation <laughs> World Cup. I mean, like what? Right. What? <laughs> yeah. what? I'm on sure. Earth you've, is I'm that? sure you've heard of it. <laughs> yeah, you may have heard of it. <laughs> no, sir, I have not. <laughs> well, here's my card. <laughs> just blue. It's good. No, solid no, blue. it's crazy, man. It's solid blue. <laughs> and on the other end is there's a tooth tape to it. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, boy. Um, no, it's crazy how fast this is growing, and this is the kind of stuff that brings the entire world and the industries together to like take us into the future man right yeah i mean that's one of the reasons we've seen it advance so far so quickly is obviously this type of uh collaboration between companies um yep and you know it's something that we don't see all the time so it's kind of unique in that regard for sure i mean this goes everywhere in between even health stuff like hospitals have changed dramatically i'm sure due Mm -hmm. to bluetooth yeah definitely I'm sure they use pagers via Bluetooth. <laughs> pagers. Oh my goodness. What a ridiculous technology. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to an interesting topic that has also changed quite a bit throughout the years. Check this out. Security concerns. The first point here dates back to kind of the earlier days of Bluetooth. January 2005, a malware worm known as Lasco actually surfaced so targeted mobile phones using bluetooth devices to replicate and spread to other devices so the malware itself duplicated and exchanged via the bluetooth technology which is nuts self-installing begins as soon as the user approves the transfer of the file so this could come up as like oh new email or something like you know something to probably like disguise it or something for all you know your bluetooth is constantly on and you're like yeah sure why not Mm -hmm. so um, it, it can also infect other files on the device, spreading through removable media such as USB um, or SSDs, or like SD cards or SD something cards, like that. SD cards, yeah. yeah. Or whatever yeah. the equivalent would be on on earlier technology. Yeah, right. so this is kind of weird because I, I think it wasn't, the wording on it wasn't super clear when I was kind of going through all this information. So it... Self-installing begins as soon as the user approves the transfer. Now, it does have to be manually initiated. Okay. But that being said, it is, from what I understood, it's autonomously sent. So if there's an infected device, it would be looking for other devices around it to send things to, and it would automatically send it. And basically, someone would get a notification. This was back in the days when Bluetooth file sharing was way more common than it is now. It used to be really common to, if you have any type of file, you can just share it. Like we would airdrop nowadays. Yeah, Um, yeah. Bluetooth, people used to do it over Bluetooth a lot. And so you'd see, hey, uh, 
blah de blah probably a spoofed name or uh, address number that it's coming from um, yeah. wants to transfer you this file. And so before everyone really kind of knew about this uh, or there was any sort of checks and balances for this sort of thing, you'd be like, oh, wonder what that is. Download. Yeah, or approve it. And then you're done. Your device is pretty much just done. Right. Um, And this, I don't, there was not a ton of information as to what this malware was actually doing. Um, really, especially on the older phones, the most it can really do uh, nefarious wise is, is really just eavesdropping, uh, basically wiretapping. Oh, um, yeah. But even then, like, yeah, there's, I mean, these older phones, they weren't, weren't even sending text mess text messages, you know? So there's not yeah. a ton that can really be done. But they were basically the the majority of the points of this of this uh, Lasco malware uh, issue was it pretty much just kind of ruined devices, uh, made them yeah. really unstable, made them really really slow, slower than they already were, um, killed battery life, and kind of just ended up bricking your device. Right, probably just being kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah, that seems to be most of the issues with this potential. Uh, I mean, with this particular worm. Right, right. All right, what's next? So later in 2005, um, we start to see after there, this is kind of after we've started to see some security uh, uh, checks put in place um, to kind of stop this sort of thing. But later in 2005, Various independent researchers found both active and passive insecurities in the pin-based pairing. Um, so early on, you know, you have your device and you want to connect to something else. There's you have to put in a pin, an access code to get into the device. We see that sometimes nowadays with, especially a little bit lower end Bluetooth devices that are maybe like an older okay. protocol. You still have to put in a pin. Although okay. nowadays, I think in 99% of the user manuals that I've ever seen that said it requires a pin, the pin is always 0000, zero or 1111. <laughs> um, nice. So it's not really used for high security anymore, but it used to be. And uh, so we were starting to see a lot of uh, issues with this. It was, yeah, it required a pin, but it was also not very difficult to get past. So active being right. uh, devices that would actively ba- just crack the security code, um, basically trial and error thousands of times a second to, till it finds the code. Right. Or passive insecurities, which would be kind of like a a device that shows up as hidden, but it's kind of if it comes in the vicinity of two other devices, like a, someone trying to connect a device to another device, and you can basically kind of latch onto those frequencies and it can see what's going on. And it basically just waits for the pin to be broadcast and then received, and then boom, it's got the pin, and they lock it down that way. Um, okay, okay. Which is pretty much what passive means. It's not actively trying to break in. It's just kind of listening to see what's going on and then it picks up on a device that's being accessed and then it just kind of copies down all of that information that it needs to then get into that device Um, nice 
This is once huh. again. This is still 2005. There's not really a ton going on on mobile devices. Um, this <laughs> right. sort of thing does. This sort of thing really only became a problem when it came to devices connecting to a personal computer, where we start to see yeah. more uh, yeah. potential for sensitive information to be accessed. Right. No, I can see that. that that's exactly what I was thinking too. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving on to closer to today, back in 2017, Blueborn vulnerabilities found to potentially allow the unauthorized full control of devices themselves. Mm-hmm. So this is just three years ago. So something where like another virus transferred via Bluetooth could completely have full like give somebody full access to your device which yeah. is crazy and this is um, this blueborn these the blueborn it wasn't necessarily a name of like a virus or anything it was kind of i don't know where the name came from but the vulnerabilities are very similar to the earlier ones with the pin based pairing it was vulnerabilities in the actual pairing process that would allow someone to get in this being 2017, there's a lot more information to be stolen right? this way. Um, and by For full sure. control, it means uh, you could basically bring up everything about that device on, you know, if you're doing it from a laptop or something, you could see everything, get into every file. You could send, you could download uh, anything you want to it. You can send whatever you want from it. I mean, it is full control as it's exactly what you would assume it to be right which is scary Mm -hmm. exactly (laughs) um just kind of rounding out the list here kind of hitting just some of the high points 2019 uh once again vulnerabilities in the key negotiation which would be uh, a later version of pin based pairing um that would quote brute force the negotiated encryption keys decrypt the eavesdropped ciphertext and inject valid encrypted messages. So basically, this would be... uh, In in layman's terms. Right. So basically, this would be latching on to the uh, encryption keys of a certain device. Um, You would... It would basically take those... It would listen and take that information in and decrypt it because it is an encrypted message at this point in time in 2019. Um, and it basically break the code to it. And then after it broke the code, it would start sending out, uh, quote unquote, valid encrypted messages. So it would, they wouldn't throw up any flags with the device that it's communicating with, but it would be a unauthorized encrypted message being sent to that device. And by message, I mean data, um, Right. A message doesn't do anything, but, you know, sending one message from a device might be transmitting a piece of uh, uh, harmful code being injected into a certain mm-hmm. device. Right. Which I'm guessing could range anywhere from harming the device itself, taking information from the device. I mean, mm-hmm. anything. Um, and it's kind of disguising itself as, look, I'm okay. I'm really okay. Don't worry about me. But right. no, it's actually pretty bad. So, so moral- which is crazy. So. Yeah, I mean, basically, moral of the story for these safety concerns is that it doesn't matter what generation Bluetooth you have. There's always going to be insecurities. Every time there's any sort of technological update to any of this thing, there's always going to be new insecurities introduced into the devices. Right. So the only thing I have to say is bring it on. 
You got nothing on me. <laughs> okay, you'll say that until 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 you're hacked. Knock on that wood. Knock on that wood, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hopefully that doesn't happen to me, you or anybody listening. So let's just let's just keep it at that. I shouldn't have said anything. Thank you so much. That rounds out episode <laughs> 115. That was pretty good. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. There's a lot to unpack here. I mean, there's a lot of just in the weed stuff. So definitely check it out. We got a couple links below talking about the history of Bluetooth as well as just our go-to Wikipedia gave us most of the goods. So if you're interested and want to know more about it, check them out. It's kind of nuts. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it feels good to have Bluetooth around. It's a game changer. Absolutely. So anything else, big guy? What do you think? No, I think that was that was a fun show. I definitely learned a ton just by going through the show prep on this show. Um, For sure. really interesting to see kind of, you know, to look at where we're at now and look at where we started. I mean, I know I am so heavily reliant on Bluetooth that it's it's not right. even funny, you know. I mean, right? I, it's probably I would easily say it's been years, maybe going on four years since I've plugged in an audio jack, like a three point five. Yeah, I mean, I do on other yeah. things like uh, you know, chat mic on an Xbox controller, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah. to listen to anything on my phone or heck i've used my bluetooth on my phone for hotspot on my laptop before um i have i like i've it's been years since i've used wired audio equipment right on a on a regular basis right for sure Mm -hmm. yeah i i i I would definitely feel comfortable in saying that i i take bluetooth itself for granted because my car does not leave its spot until my phone is connected and it is either playing a podcast or it is playing music. Right. So, yep. <laughs> so I well, love phones, it. I love it. I mean, major phone companies now, it's not just Apple anymore, I don't think. I mean, they don't even put audio jacks on phones anymore. I know. Which, I know. you know, I never really thought was going to be a problem. Other people complained about it. But you know what? Like, life goes on. That's just, no one really uses wired headphones anymore. And <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. And my car didn't even have any Bluetooth or aux. And remember you and I out in the college parking lot? I'm pretty sure it was kind of cold, but we had that thing open and we were fixing it up with like oh, yeah. aftermarket Bluetooth. Like it slotted into the spot of the radio that was supposed to add a CD changer. Yep. So it, it, it just uses the CD changer to power, but it's Bluetooth connected. So that, yeah, we're out good. in the it's parking amazing. lot of the dorm, the dorm building. Uh, it was probably like november or something like that we're freezing had the dash of your car all spread apart i know i know (laughs) because we had to go all the way through the console like between the the gears like the gear shifter um, right and then yeah nope i remember that i remember that yeah it's good stuff still going strong today my friend good 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 (laughs) i love it all right as always thank you so much for listening episode 115 about bluetooth what it means to our near dear hearts as well as the history um if you enjoy what you hear you can find us on your favorite podcasting app and if you have a few minutes give us a five star rating or just a review um you can just get us five star or review let us know what you enjoy you can also email us at young at gmail.com for future content ideas or if you'd like to be a guest and have the humble warm sheltering atmosphere of ben and i on the show we'd love to have you on (laughs) ben what do you think big guy we good i think we're good good show all right 
Yeah, fantastic show. Let me start this. Look at this. I'm prepared. I lowered the volume. I started it. We got plenty of time. Not blasting out the this eardrums of uh, I know headphone listeners right now. Right. Uh, via Bluetooth. <laughs> of course. As we as we always say here on Young Nostalgia. Keep the bottles empty and the ashtrays full. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> <laughs>